Welcome to OsteoCast, where we talk all things osteopathy, functional anatomy, and movement. With your hosts, myself, Colby Brokel, Amanda Boysen, and Sarah Pucal. Hello, hello, and welcome back to OsteoCast, the podcast. I'm here with my colleagues, Colby and Amanda. Hello. Hello. I'm Sarah. Thanks for listening today, guys. So today we have a podcast for you, uh, jumping through a few different topics, uh, just having a little discussion together. Uh, The first thing that comes to mind for me is just some clinical experience. Um, I had an elderly patient come into my clinic the other day, and he's been having a lot of leg pain. He had an x-ray done by his doctor. His doctor cleared him to come in for treatment. He has had surgery on that leg. Um, He does not remember the type of surgery he's had. He thinks he might have a rod in it, Um, and the doctor will not give him the x-ray unless uh, the practitioner calls him. So it's uh, an interesting scenario with this patient. Um, but was cleared for treatment. So when he comes into the office, he's how you can imagine his body weight is forwards and anterior line of gravity. He has some kyphosis or some flexion in the upper back. So leaning forwards quite a bit. He is a little bit elderly, so he has gravity working against him. So I do my best to explain to him how treatment's going to go, and that treatment isn't always going to work on the area of the pain, since pain is very subjective, and it's easy to get carried away by following the track of pain. So I just wanted to bring this topic up, because I'm sure it happens to all of us where we have a pain in a specific part of our body and we go for treatment, and that part usually will get assessed, but it might not be the focus of treatment because it's not always the problem or it's not always the area where pain is coming from. Uh, so in this case, with his leg pain, we I did my best to explain to him that your low back or your lumbar spine is actually the fuse box down to the pelvis and into the legs. So if that low back isn't working, if you're not loading properly into your lumbars, into the vertebrae, by having an anterior line of gravity, your body weight's leaning forwards, you're not properly loading um, and I straight onto those vertebrae, that's going to change lines of tension, change the pressure going down those legs. And ultimately, if we have pressure on nerves, that's going to cause pain, right? Pain is subjective. Pain is a sensation you feel in your body. Are you with me, Amanda and Colby? Yes, <laughs> yeah, just waiting for you to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> So just to kind of keep that in mind, it was uh, a great educational opportunity for me with that client and because um, he is was an older uh, person, sometimes it takes a little bit more time uh, to explain how the body works and for them to comprehend because we are taught, you know, if it hurts here, put a Band-Aid on, massage out that part of your body for it to feel better, but that's not always the case. And that's the cool part about our job is that we do need to provide patient education and explain that in order to get the pain to go away, we need the rest of the body to be loading or moving better. So when we have movement, we have better circulation, better function. And that is my rant. (laughs) Thanks for listening. And seen. (laughs) And done. Uh, I think that's what makes it so frustrating sometimes for patients too, or why we get the like, you're a magician or you're magical or you're a wizard is because we just look at the body in a totally different manner and that we're trying to promote the health within the tissues and within the body itself to do the job that it's supposed to do, as opposed to fixing the area that hurts. 
being our focus or diagnosing the area that hurts and giving it a fancy name. Yeah, I think that uh, this is something that comes up all the time, especially with new patients in the clinic. And it's just the fact that exactly as you guys had said, it's the body itself. And you hear this all the time, but everything's connected, right? And in that standpoint, patient education is important so they understand how our, how our focus works. And sometimes that requires you to take an extra 10 minutes and draw some stuff out on a whiteboard or a piece of paper and talk about mechanics on a real basic level. Um, in my case, I often do that on the first couple of appointments with patients and kind of show them their patterns on the whiteboard so they can see what we're looking at if they're not grasping it as we're explaining it on the table. Because um, that can guide you to show, okay, well, this leg is problem because of the loading pattern and the loading patterns create an issue at the fuse box and or in the plumbing like in the, the blood flow and drainage and that's why there's a backup of fluids here that's why there's an irritation or a facilitation of the nerve that's causing the pain and that's why you know your turn your foot turns out to the side all the time when you're standing and walking so it's nice when you can like for me i use the whiteboard often and, and draw that stuff over people just so they can actually see kind of visualize what we're talking about so patient education in that standpoint is is crucial because no one really knows what we do for osteopathy. So it's important to make sure you kind of give them that explanation. I think too, like with a lot of patients that end up in my office, it's always a last resort too. So they already have a preconceived notion of what's going on based on their mm -hmm. experience with other practitioners. So man, you know, what's so cool. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Just to interject recently, like in the last, like probably three or four months, uh, opposed to always being the last resort for people, like, I don't know about you guys, but I've started to be like the, the first place to go, which is nice. like, That's very cool. good. Very cool. Really cool. Cool. I don't know if it's happened for you guys or not, but it's like getting exciting. Cause it means that people know who we are, what we do. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Amanda, continue. No, that's okay. I would say that it's happening with patients that I've seen before. They're not going somewhere else. Um, when they have something wrong, they'll, they're making sure they come back. Um, but when you have a new patient coming in that's had pain for years, oftentimes they have been seeing other people and they, they've been told what's going on or what's wrong. So then they come into you and say, well, this is what this person did. It went away right away. And then it came back three days later and it just does it. That's the cycle they've been on. Or I've been told this and I have this and you know, this is how, this is just how it works. And then when you start to explain, like you're saying, the mechanical loading pattern and the the drainage and the supply and the why things are facilitated or or um or not facilitated when they should be, um, it it's a totally different like there's so much unknown they don't understand right um, because it's just so different than anything else that's been explained in the past. So if you don't take take the opportunity to explain that kind of stuff to them, they really don't understand what you're doing or why you're treating their neck when their back is sore or their low back is sore. Yeah. I everyone like I always give everyone like a general spiel on their first appointment about global treatment. The fact that we're looking at how the entire body's working and unless those big picture items, like unless you have a, if you have a big twist and turn in between your shoulders and your hips, we can't fix anything small in between there until we take care of the big stuff. And it's generally a pretty, pretty easily accepted and pretty easily understanded method because it's like, big stuff is more important than that. It's like if your whole house is falling over and you just want to keep your picture straight, then have at her. But I'd suggest looking at the house. Yeah. That's a great analogy. <laughs> analogy. Say that word again. <laughs> a great analogy. It's early in the morning. Leave me alone. <laughs> 
Just if you uh, guys yeah, didn't would... know, just to, to tell everybody, we always record podcasts uh, prior to a day of clinic. So it's first thing in the morning for us, usually like 7 a.m. ish before we have a full day of clinic. So that's often why we're like saying good morning and we're like sometimes a little sleepy. That's the reason. But we wake up pretty quick. Um, just go back to uh, Colby's conversation. Yes, it does. Uh, back to Colby's point about being the first line. Um, I would agree with that. I'm seeing it more and more, and just people referring their friends and family. Um, exactly. And it's it's awesome. It's a really great experience to be able to be in that position, and to also for our clients to know that you know we have the education that if we you know we are very careful. So if we think you need to go see a different practitioner um, or go get clearance from your doctor, we're going to tell you that before we ever put our hands on you. If there's something more going on. Yeah, exactly. I think the. Um... Also, I think it's interesting from a patient and um, education perspective that people think that osteopathy is brand new um, and that it's it's um, it hasn't been around before because they've just heard of it or they, you know, they have never experienced it before because they've um, gone to physio or chiro or other massage therapists first. Um, yeah. So it's, it's interesting to, when you tell people that this has been around since like the late 1800s, early 1900s, um, that it's completely... Like they're flabbergasted by it that it's been around for this long, right? Because they haven't had, um, they haven't had that experience or they've never heard of it. Yeah, it's great when um, you know they have the interest of the history, right? And you can kind of talk about Doctor Still, the founding father, and how osteopathy came about and how it all came together. It's it's very cool and um, the history behind osteopathy, which we've talked about before, which we could go in maybe another time again as well. Um, it's been a little while since we've talked about it. Um, but it's just, it's incredible, right? That the science has been around for so long, but still in Canada, um, especially, it's still this new science or new way of doing things uh, for manual therapy. But it's been around a long time. Yeah, no, it's pretty cool that, that that's happening. I just get excited about it because for so long, like we said, we're always been last resort. Like everyone's seen every other practitioner. And they're like, I am not going to get better. I've given up hope, but please help me. But now it's pretty cool that people are coming first because of the referral network and systems that are set up, which is cool. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you guys have seen this, but I've seen an increase of parents bringing their kids in, um, not necessarily for any specific reason. Usually there has been, you know, a little bit of a history regarding if they fall, they've had surgery, maybe they've had um, the birth was traumatic for the child, you know, and the mom or parent brings them in just as a checkup to make sure that their children's spine is where it should be at this point in their development, that they're going to continue to grow Um in a healthy fashion that we kind of clear anything that could prevent a healthy growth and then just staying on top of that to make sure we give them the best ability um, and the best health moving forwards. I think that any word of mouth referrals are exponential in nature. So it's like when you have patients with, you know, say a sore shoulder and you help someone with their their sore shoulder, all of a sudden they'll refer people who have sore shoulders and you'll have 10 of them in your office. And I find the same thing happens with, with children. It's like all of a sudden you'll have three or four kids in the office. And if you take care of those three or four kids and they get better, then next thing you know, you have seven or eight or nine or 10 and it grows uh, to some extent until people are better and it slows down and then kind of patterns switch. 
I mean, if you have a focus on pediatrics in, in clinic, then I'm sure you can continue to promote that. Um, but for me, I find everything comes in waves. It'll be like necks coming mm-hmm. a wave and shoulders coming a wave and digestive issues coming a wave and children coming a wave. And it's because I think that's what happens is one person comes in with it. They tell two of their friends, they tell three or four of their people and next thing you know, half your patient load is a shoulder issue. And you're like, oh, shoulders all day. Yeah. And then three weeks later, it's next and then it changes, right? And I think it's neat because that's that that's like that referral exponential thing where it's like you tell one person a secret and they tell two people, then they tell two people. Next thing you know, 100 people know your secret, but none of them really know what they're talking about. Yeah. But the cool part is that they come in for treatment. Very cool. I do think it's I am a believer in the universe sends you to what you need to practice or work on. So if you're getting, you know, like you said, Colby next all day, then you need to get better at treating next, or you need to find another way to do this. Um, and it could be that, or it could just be like Colby said, you know, word of mouth for anyone with neck pain. Um, but they definitely go hand in hand in my mind. Yeah. I do think it's interesting too, to see the, the patterns through generations. So if you see like, a grandparent and then you see their child and then you see the grandchild. Um, it is interesting to look at it from a generational perspective and just see what you notice, whether it's similarities or differences, um, from person to person, obviously they're going to have different experiences. There are different stages of life, but, um, it is, it's, it's a neat comparison to make over time. And I mean, I've only been in practice, professional practice for a few years now, but it'll be interesting to see as those kids grow up, do they have the same things um, or similar? Are they, you know, better because they had had treatment early on? Yeah, the yes. generational aspect is very cool, um, especially when there is a, a big lesion pattern. So example, if there's a kyphotic curve, so you're really flexed in that upper back and, um, you know, that can be genetics. And I know a family where, you know, half of them have this big humpback or a Quasimodo as Colby was referring to it last week or the week before. Um, so exactly what Amanda said, just, you know, treating the older member of the family and then the younger member of the family to see the changes we can make and how they present every time. And if we can prevent, you know, them getting to the point where their parent is at, and if we can keep keep what their lesioning is at bay or even improve it uh each treatment they come in all right guys well sounds like we've uh we've run out of topics this morning so we're gonna leave you guys there and of course we'll bring you another episode next week as always uh please give us a shout at uh, our instagram is at osteocast underscore Uh, you can get a hold of us there ask us any questions give us any feedback we always want to get better so tell us what we suck at tell us what we're good at and we'll make uh, the podcast as best as we can for you Um, Other than that, thank you guys for listening, and we will be back next week. Have a good day, guys. Talk to you then. Bye.